to the world of insurance, which, like so many of our expenses these days, has been going through the roof. Only insurance costs are head and shoulders above the rest. In the recent quarterly inflation data that came through about a month ago, insurance costs are at the top of the chart. Prices soared by 1.7% across the December quarter alone and skyrocketed for the year by 8.1%, more than double the rest, and the biggest rise of all the products that the Bureau of Statistics measures. So price hikes of that degree have also helped deliver giant profits for the insurance giants with some very big numbers out today. Suncorp is one, and you'll remember from last week, the company also has a banking arm that goes with the insurance business, and it includes some of the biggest brands in the insurance market, including Amy, GIO, Apia, Cherry Shear and Bingle. So the numbers across the half year to December 31, Suncorp saw revenue from insurance premiums alone go up 16%, with cash profits up 13.8% to $660 million, which of course is great news if you're a shareholder. Not so good if you're a customer paying higher bills. And I wonder if you've seen your insurance bill go up, 131873. And what sort of price hikes are you actually seeing? You can email that address again, moneynews at nine.com.au. The increases in the insurance market are being seen in other areas as well. The major health insurance player, NIB Holdings, has increased its share of the pie. Growing membership across the group delivered a half-year after-tax profits of $104 million, which is almost 20% more than for the same period last year. So how fair are these results? And can rises like this actually be sustained? Well, Mark Fitzgibbon is the CEO and Managing Director of NIB Group, and he joins me now. Mark, welcome back to Money News. Yeah, thanks, Deb. So a big profit jump up to $104 million, an impressive half-year result for the company. Yeah, we're pleased with the result. It's on the back of um, strong growth right across the business, notwithstanding some um, difficult economic conditions. So why are more people taking out health insurance? Why have you had such a growth in membership? Deb, I think there's a couple of reasons. More, more generally, you know, COVID-19, nobody celebrates this, but has heightened awareness in the community of the risk of disease. Um, similarly, we don't celebrate this, but people are concerned about long waiting times in the public hospital system. Um, population growth and uh, immigration returning is uh, a factor. And I think the industry as a whole, and I like to think led by us, we're investing in the sector, you know, um, investing in new technologies and enhanced value proposition for uh, consumers and, you know, good old-fashioned marketing and advertising. You've also got a hell of a lot of people, though, cutting back on costs with household budgets, with inflation, persisting interest rates, making times very tough as well. Have you had customers pulling their policies with you over the fears? Well, we have, but we always have. And I've been in the business 22 years. Uh, Deb, so obviously affordability is biting uh, some, some households. Now, the half of the population has private health insurance. It's probably not impacted as much as the other half who you know, tend not to have private health insurance because of you know, cost of living pressures. So it's, it's not the pain point it may be for other uh, uh, companies. But I think the other thing is, look, we are working hard to keep prices down. Like our average increase you know, over the past 10 years has been between 4 and 6% now. You know, you can compare that with, say, general insurance and home insurance and uh, car insurance. I think you know, we're doing pretty well. Now, last two increases were 2.6% and 2.7%. So, look, we're, we're conscious of pressures on household budgets. 
I guess the other thing we're really trying hard to do, Deb, is provide people with more value. Like today, as a member of NIB, you can still have all your own, you can still get your health insurance benefits, but you can have a virtual consultation with the GP, you can fill a script and have it home uh, delivered. We have an AI-inspired symptom checker, which can help you make a choice as to whether or not you need a Panadol to lie down or go to the doctors or call an ambulance. So we're building out a health management platform, which... You know, we think in time will be every bit as attractive to consumers as the you know, pure play health insurance offering. But still, premiums are going up, and I guess a lot of people are wondering why. Well, premiums only go up because claims go up. So the reasons claims going up is because as a, a society, we're ageing, uh, we're becoming wealthier, and the wealthier we become, we tend to spend relatively more on our health care. Uh, and because of costs associated with hospitals and uh, nurses' salaries. So, you know, I, I, we're an intermediary. We, we pay out all these claims and we estimate, well, look, how much we're going to pay in claims and we strike a premium uh, based upon that. So, you know, premiums are going up because people are demanding more health care. It's a short story. And can you understand that there is palpable anger amongst people who are having to pay more for their insurance bills? Well, of course, of course we can. And as I've already mentioned, we strive to keep uh, prices down as low as we can, given the claims experience uh, we're encountering. And, uh, you know, ultimately, we're a lucky country uh, in Australia. We have this safety net called Medicare. If people can't afford health insurance, they still enjoy the social insurance system we, we call Medicare. Now, for a lot of people, that's not enough for them. And so, you know, half the population takes up private health insurance. But the, notwithstanding all that, the, the, the system, the sector is growing because people are making that choice. And what should people expect when it comes to premiums heading through 2024 and beyond? Will we see a, a broader impact on health insurance premiums? Will they, have you got a percentage increase for how much rises people should expect? Well, as I mentioned, prices will go up because claims are going up because we're spending more as a society on our health care. Um, so premiums will go up. The long-run average, as I've also mentioned, is somewhere between 4 and 6%, and we'd expect um, that to be the average uh, in the end of the future. There'll be times where it may be less, such as during the COVID period. There are times where it might be high, just depending on the surge of um, our spending. I, and I guess the other thing we're, we're working diligently at doing is actually trying to keep people healthier, play a role in their better health, and keeping them well and out of hospital, which is... Um, you know, the, the longer-term goal, a healthier population means less hospitalisation and, and sickness, lower levels of claims and more affordable premiums. And you mentioned some of the services that NIB customers can access, but there's a lot of choice in that health insurance market in particular. What is it that customers are actually looking for? I think while ever health insurance remains a commodity, which it generally is today, in other, in other words, one size fits all. It's just going to be about price competition. And, you know, we've always done very well on that front, so we're not afraid of competing on the basis of price. But I think more and more in the future, you know, people are looking for additional support with their health care, the kind of things. You know, if you're somebody with a disability, you know, having to get, you know, get out of your home, into a bus, see a doctor, go to the pharmacy, get home, it's, you know, that, that can be very difficult and inconvenient. Uh, you know, in our world, it's not all about online engagements and virtual, but that's a choice for consumers. And increasingly, with 
you know, with data science, artificial intelligence, I know that's all the buzz, but we'll become even better in helping people and their doctors understand their own individual risk profile and ensure that the healthcare they get is not just one size fits all. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's really personalised based upon what the, the, the data science and predictive analytics tells us about your risk as a person or even as a community. We're working with communities in Burke and New South Wales across New Zealand with Māori uh, communities and helping their, them understand their risk profile as a, as a community as a whole and how they might better manage that risk to improve access to health care and improve health outcomes. And does your Thrive product, because you mentioned people with disability, you're involved with the NDIS, can you yep. explain to listeners how that Thrive product works? Yeah, so just as in healthcare, we connect buyers and sellers of, of healthcare products and services. You know, we're not the doctor or the hospital, but we connect you with these uh, um, products and services. In the NDIS, there's a similar layer of intermediation whereby plan managers and support coordinators connect participants, NDIS participants and people with disabilities with the providers of, of support. That's where we're playing. So just as we do in healthcare, we're trying to connect people with disabilities with the service providers and helping them understand their needs and how they might achieve their goals, helping them design a plan, helping them source the best providers in the marketplace in terms of quality and cost and generally managing that relationship uh, with them. So it's a it's a really important role as an intermediary in making sure that participants get the support they need at, um, you know, with value for money and uh, precision. And just finally, just on insurance generally, is there a risk that with premium prices going up and with the cost of living crunch that something's got to give and that insurance might just be seen as too expensive? Well, there's always that risk and, you know, that risk attends any company delivering products and services but you know it's why we're putting so much emphasis not just on affordability and price but on also you know additional value for people you know i i imagine a time not that far in the future where it'd be quite surprising that kids and grandkids that once upon a time nib just did private health insurance you know will be regarded as the go-to company for being able to seamlessly meet all your healthcare needs in one place it doesn't mean that we own the hospital or the doctor or the pharmaceutical company that produces a Zempic, but we'll make that connection all the more easy for you and, um, and effective and personalised. Well, we'll see how that growth plays out. Mark, good to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Deb. Mark Fitzgibbon there, the CEO of NIB Group.